1: Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John, JJ Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're doing a special episode and we're answering some specific questions that were sent in with regards to HR. And I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, a podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, The Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, Blu-ray XL, Aquasar Pool Products, and Pivot Pool Products. And we want to thank them for their continued
2: support. John, good evening. Good evening. I got to get used to the evening thing instead of the good morning thing, but evening everybody. This is John from Texas, right? Out in Prosper, Texas. We're out here doing our little thing with the house and we figured, hey, we might as well knock out some content. So we're upstairs right now in our little podcast room taking advantage of having Leanne here to answer some of these HR questions that are reality is pretty scary for most And it's something that a lot of people have trouble with and to have somebody with her expertise answering some of these questions is a godsend for us lonely pool guys out there. So hopefully we get to knock out some of these questions that, that have been worrying you. And if anybody else has any more questions when it comes down to HR, don't be shy and get online and click on that button and ask away because we got the best. Leanne, good evening. How are you?
3: Good evening. I'm good. Thank you again for having me on and John, welcome to Texas. Mm-hmm. We love having you here and we can't wait until it's for real for good. No more visiting. Leanne, right. You're just going to be a Texan.
1: You'll be here all the time. Yep. I, I think what's going to happen, Leanne, is at that point he's probably going to get sick of our friendship and probably be like, "I don't think I can do this full time." Maybe the other way around. Not easy to like. So <laughs> I'm not sure. I think there's going to be a lot of late nights where it's like, 10 o'clock and I'm calling you and you're going this is not happening dude leave me alone right. calling come you on. I think you guys be keep
3: closing down restaurants and you
2: no know, I can see him he's going to be knocking on the door I'm like oh, Edgar he's like, come on let's shoot some content shoot <laughs> <get> some going <laughs> he'll be like right?
3: turn off the lights Zach. Right? we're not home right? let's shoot some content. Come on, let's hide go. quick hide hide, hide. <laughs> it's Edgar I can tell right?
1: <laughs> I, I have him on Life 360 now I, I know when he's coming <laughs> over right,
2: to right. Goes, has- <laughs> 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 well I'll be
3: tracking him each other
2: that's funny
3: he's in the neighborhood turn off right, the lights right. kids kids quiet <laughs> <laughs>
1: or you'll have one of the kids come out uh, uh, no they're not home they left they're out to dinner somewhere
2: well tell me where i'll go find them <laughs> that's a preview into what you well, can oh, expect yeah. you better i hope you're listening all right so uh, we were talking remember i was saying hey look we were originally gonna be around Prosper and then we we're gonna to go to Aubrey and I said, hey, maybe we can be about 30 minutes away, right? And so now you're telling me we should be about two hours away. <laughs> now it's starting to make sense, Leon, right? why he wants that
1: 45 right? minutes. That's exactly it. He did ask us, how far is normally something that you would do on a right. daily basis? And we said, oh, like 30 minute drive. And that's why he was saying, can you get 45? That way, I, that way I yeah. know that Edgar is out of that zone. Exactly.
3: <laughs> It's all starting to come a lot more clear.
1: Absolutely. So everybody listening, John is out in Texas with Janie. They're ready to close on that house. We're super excited about it. And uh, at least myself and Leanne are dying to
2: welcome you as Texans over to this great state. Yeah, it was crazy. We are out shopping today and Janie actually almost bought cowboy boots. And I told her, I go, look, you're not allowed to have boots. Until we live here,
3: you're in deep trouble because so far every pair that she has put on, yeah. she looks amazing she in those boots. Yeah, she does. She's meant her. for boots for sure, and they're not cheap. So just get ready. I know, because okay. she's going to put them on. You're going to be like, "Yep, those look good too." You need to have those. I know. Those look good. You need to have those too. Yeah, it's going to be easy. She's going to get boots easy, no problem. It's going to be fun times.
2: I have a feeling she's going to be spending a lot of money. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we don't, in California, we're not a little place and we're homebodies, but there's nothing to do and nowhere to go and we just stay home. Here, there's so much to do and so many things to do. She's going to be out and about shopping. Like today, We, I mean, we literally walked, I don't know, 14 miles as far as like, the <laughs> shop that we went to. Right here, and I are sitting there walking on our feet are her and we're like dragging. Janie and Leanne are, are walking and going through each and every booth. And I got to say, it was pretty cool, the stores. There's nothing like we have anything, yeah. nothing like that where we're at. But she was just like she had a big old smile on her face, and she was going and shopping, and it's her thing. So yeah, wait wait
3: till she's got an empty house she needs to fill. I can't wait. I I filled mine up. Now I got to fill yours up. I'm ready.
2: (laughs) You're doomed, my
1: friend. (laughs) I'm gonna be filing (laughs) bankruptcy. (laughs) You're You're doomed. You're gonna be. You're gonna be coming over and taking some of my stuff and reselling it Mm -hmm. to be able to. It
3: won't be Edgar's coming over. My oh shit! Here comes Leanne again. There goes my wallet.
2: (laughs) I know. I've already girls are going out. I've already started sending her like videos on garage sale hunting and shopping and stuff. Stuff like that, and the beauty of secondhand stores and regifting and stuff. I go it's really important.
1: Is that why she was talking about Edgar? I want to do some type of series on garage hunting, and yeah, I want exactly. you to videotape uh, me yes. and me be the one shopping and kind of create some content. So. Yep. That's, that's it. that makes sense. She wants to try to make some more money somehow. Yeah. So anyways, the other thing that we got to do out here is I took John to get Puerto Rican food. So we did a little bit of a trade, right? So I took him to get Puerto Rican food. He took me to get Greek food. To get Greek food. And so John was what was your thoughts on the Puerto Rican food? Be honest. You're not going to hurt my feelings. No, no, I'm always honest. Wait, wait, let let me preface this by saying that John is a complete, complete foodie. Leanne? Total foodie. Like, to the extreme.
3: Foodie minus anything fish. Yes. No foodie fish, just foodie.
1: And so he won't do any fish at all. No lobster, no shrimp, no, n-
3: nothing, none
2: of that. Nothing, nothing out of the water. Nothing weird, at least to me, that I think is weird or anything exotic. Just
3: anything in the water.
2: <laughs> anything in the water for sure. <laughs> that's yeah. it, no if water, it comes that's out right? of the
3: water. He's not having <laughs> he's it. Not interested.
2: Not it, that's nope. for sure. <laughs> so Zach came
1: up. John was here. So we were able to spend a couple days together, which was awesome, by the way. And so took John to Puerto Rican and so give us your review.
3: First, I'm gonna jump in there. Yeah. Zach, I think is part Puerto Rican. I I believe so. He ate everything plantain. (laughs) Everything that he ate, he liked it more than the thing he ate before. He's already figuring out what he's going to cook at home, and I can't wait to see if he actually pulls it off. But he's just looking at this stuff, going, "I can do this at home. I'm going to make this at home. I'm going to do it." So Zach might be part Puerto Rican, and we just don't know it. He He, he ate everything. He ate everything. He ate the stuff that
1: I ate. He ordered the same stuff that I ordered, and I don't think that there was much. And it was genuine; like he would keep, he would keep going after it and eating more. So. Anyways, without further ado, give us
2: your review. No, look, I mean, it was not terrible. It, <laughs> it was edible. There was a couple dishes that I really enjoyed, especially that turnover with the cheese. I thought it was really good.
3: What's it called, here?
2: Empanadilla.
3: Empanadilla.
2: Empanadilla. Yeah. This is my take on different cultures' food. I think, unless you're accustomed to it, I think certain cultures have just a certain type of food and taste and... Type of cooking that you grew up with, and you learn to love it because that's what you've eaten. And if you're not accustomed to that type of food, or like for instance, plantains, right? Plantains, Plantains, yeah. Okay, I've never eaten them before, so I'm not accustomed to it. So it's an acquired taste. I personally believe
3: I don't like them either. It's like (laughs)
2: beer. I don't think anybody ever starts drinking beer or alcohol and says, "Wow, this tastes great." But you drink enough of it, and you start trying different beers you start to acquire a taste for it. And I think it's the same way with different culture. And I think you feel it would be the same way with the Greek food that we went out to eat, right? It's something that I grew up with and I ate and has a specific type of flavor. And they use specific type of food and and the way they cook it and the seasoning. And if you're not familiar with it, it tastes strange, right? And you're not automatically going, I mean, the universal taste good is like sugar, right? And it doesn't matter whatever you use, it's sugar. But when it comes down to using different types of fruits and vegetables and meat and seasoning that you've never had before, it's a taste bud shock.
3: But you like the rice and beans.
2: The rice and beans were delicious, for sure. I actually was drinking the beans. It was like a bean soup almost. It was, <laughs> it was good. Those Very were good. good. It was not bad at all. And if we went back there, I'd know exactly what to order and I'd have a great time ordering it and eating it and I'd feel good about it. Okay, so you, we have that on the record, saying that yep. he is yeah. going to go
1: back because I know Zach's yeah. going to go back. Period. Zach's going to be like, "Let's go." So well, Zach will eat not... anything, man. So.
3: No, he did good, but he missed out on the Greek food, and the Greek <laughs> yeah. food was good. Today. Yeah, no, so I... that was good. We found a nice Greek place that was met yeah. your standards, yeah. right? Yep. We liked it. My youngest son, pickiest thing on the planet, and he tasted everything and loved yes. most of it. Yeah. Like he did really good. So that was cool to see I didn't recognize him
1: and John I am going to have to tell you he's probably the pickiest person that I know and he was going to town trying everything so that was cool that is a big sign right there he ate ate a
3: lot so that was good it was fun
1: it was awesome and it's been awesome having you here this weekend we enjoy it all the time So so let's continue here, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a couple of things that we want to talk about. And one of them is we want to talk about the Pool Nation Awards. By the time that this podcast come out, we're going to be in the week of the show at the International Pool and Spa Show. The Pool Nation Awards will be November 16th at the International Pool and Spa Patio Expo (laughs) in Las Vegas. And it's going to be on the third floor. If you're going to attend... You need to have tickets, you need to register, you need to be able to get that registration to be able to get into the
2: awards. Yep. And For those of you that are listening, the week of the awards, this might be a little bit too late of a notice, but we need to mention that it is a gala event, so suits and ties for the gentlemen, or tuxedos, women, cocktail dresses, we are dressing to impress. We also want to take a second to thank all of our sponsors for the awards. Our platinum sponsor is Hasa. Our gold sponsors are Blu-ray XL, Heritage Pool Supply, Natural Chemistry, the SPPA, Leslie's Pro, Ultimate Pool Tools, and Aquastar Pool Products. Thank you.
1: We also want to thank the International Pool and Spa Patio Expo for hosting the awards. We want to thank them for their support. So if you are on the week of the awards and you're gonna try to attend, you're gonna need to go to the poolnationawards.com. There's a button on there that says, get tickets to the awards. You can click that. You can register to get your tickets there or on the same page up at the top, it says free expo pass. If you click on that, you can get an expo pass to get onto the floor. And as you're registering with that, I think the fifth page says, events, you could choose the Pool Nation events and you
2: can register through there. Before we get started, we want to thank Ken with Ultimate Pool Tools. He created a limited edition Pool Nation poll for us. We shared it on Instagram Live. If you've not checked it out, you can check it out there on our page. It's just absolutely beautiful and amazing. He made two of them. One is a blue Pool Nation poll and also we have a pink one for the women of the industry. The Pool Nation limited edition poles are now available for pre-order. Just go to ultimatepooltools.com and you can pre-order there.
1: Absolutely. The other thing that we wanted to talk about is that we're going to be doing a competition at the International Pool and Spa Show at our booth on Tuesday from 12 to 2. And what we're going to be doing is having people be able to come over and record the intro for the Pool Nation podcast to see who does it the best. Luke Daly from the Splash podcast all the way from Australia is going to be at our booth. And he is going to be the judge. And he will choose the winner. And there's two things that we're going to do. One is the winner is going to receive a Pool Nation limited edition poll. And the other one is what, John? I'm putting you on the spot to see if you remember what we were doing for the winner. For the winner? We're gonna we're gonna bring them onto the podcast. That's right. We're yeah. gonna have them on the podcast. We're gonna have them record the intro
2: from the winner. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. And I'm hopefully they're gonna I mean, I know they're gonna do a great job and we'll probably just have them permanently so we don't have to have you do it anymore. So I don't have
1: to <laughs> screw it up. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I appreciate that, John. Yeah. Anyways, Leanne, I wanted to thank you for coming on at 1030 at night on a Sunday night to help us with the podcast. We really appreciate that. No problem. And then I'm going to have to do a John here with some cupcaking and you look beautiful tonight. (laughs) I'm learning. You know what? I'll take it. John, if you can
3: keep teaching him a thing or two, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. You. Working on it.
1: Um, I'm trying, John. So anyways, Leanne, let's jump into this podcast because we had somebody that reached out to us and sent us the following, and we're going to break this down and have you go through. So first want to read what was sent in. And it was, you have covered many facets of hiring people in the podcast, but there is an issue that never gets talked about, the legal parts. I know it's different depending on state, but where can I find HR help to come through and help with the legal parts of hiring somebody? I know there are rules about workers' comp." Do I need a copy of their social security? How can I check their driving record and does it affect my insurance? What about insurance, vehicle, employee? I think you get where I'm going with this. Thanks for the awesome podcast, us lonely pool pros out there. We are limited in what we can do for education since we work seven to four. A podcast, well, many podcasts bridges that gap. I can listen to you guys give advice on all things pool or business related while mindlessly cleaning the pool. It's like a free golden nuggets. Keep them coming guys, thank you. So what I wanted to do on this special episode is I really wanted to dissect everything that they sent in for us in order to be able to answer that. So Leanne, I'm gonna break this down and maybe have you start covering a couple of the parts. So I wanna go back and he says, you have covered many facets of hiring people on the podcast. But there's one issue that never gets talked about, the legal parts. I know depending on the state, but where can I find HR to help me through the legal parts of hiring? So let's start with that part.
3: Okay. So again, depending on your state, but for example, if you were in California, which California is one of the more difficult states to manage from a people management perspective, California Chamber of Commerce has an amazing resource. It's called the California Labor Law Digest. You can get it in a big, fat book form if you want, or they can send as on a CD or by link. And what's great is this is a full digest of state and federal laws. It really speaks in a manner that everybody can understand. It's not a bunch of legal speak, it's regular language. And it really breaks down state and federal guidelines, requirements, suggestions. They even have sections in there with forms and templates and things like that you can use. So when you're looking for one solid resource, usually your local chamber of commerce is a fantastic place to start.
2: I talked about it at the very beginning, the Good Mornings, about HR, and it's a scary subject, right? And it's it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's hard enough understanding the job that we're trying to do, especially if you're just in industry, or kind of getting in there and trying to figure out, hey, look, how do I be a pool professional? How do I be a pool tech? And I got to learn all these things to do a job. And now on top of that, I have to understand HR and it's not something, there's no gray lines, really, with HR. It's black and white, and you, and if you make the wrong move or make the wrong decision, there can be repercussions and things that can come back to you, because you're dealing with people, and you're dealing with people's lives and livelihoods, and if you're not careful, then bad things can happen, right? Not necessarily that it will, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the truth is, and again, going back to this question, I think how cool it is that our listeners are jumping in there and asking these types of things, because it's hard, and if you go and you ask anybody else, you're usually gonna get some pretty interesting answers or you might not be getting the exact truth and or if they don't fully understand the law, or maybe that what when they did understand the law it was four years ago, right? And they learned it and then things change constantly. So what Leanne's saying about getting on there and getting that digest, that is probably the best thing you can do because there's so much information in there that'll be at your disposal that you can always go back and reference. One thing I want to ask add on to this, at least for us, if as a small business owner, sometimes this HR thing is overwhelming, there's also resources out there where you can subcontract or hire HR companies. And we've seen places where as little as like a hundred or two hundred dollars a month where you can hire somebody that'll be a dedicated HR manager that'll help you with your hiring forms, interviewing, firing, terminating, I mean hiring and terminating employees and help give you that legal or that at least some form of protection to make sure that you're making the right decision. I know in my previous life, we had a company called Assuron that uh, that we referred to. So anytime in California, too, you're personally liable when you when you make a decision, I mean, if I hire or if I fire somebody or whatever it may be. So when it comes down to, we had the ultimate decision of, let's say, hey, we needed to fire somebody. We sent it up to our third-party company. And then we presented the facts or the information and then they would take it and come back to us and say legally, this is what our opinion is and this is what we recommend that you do. And we can choose to go with that opinion. And if we did, then we'd be protected through them. But if we chose not to, right, and go against it, then we're out on our own. So there's always resources out there, and especially at this day and age when it comes down to technology and people working remotely and doing things like that. So that's always an option too. So if you don't have the time or you still don't have the understanding of that HR book, or then um, it might be worth spending that extra money so that you can hire a professional to help guide you through this very scary subject.
3: Yeah, and one thing that I always tell people, you hear people oftentimes say, they can sue me. What if I do that and they sue me? They can sue me, and they can. Anybody can sue you for anything. The big thing is, what can you defend, right? And so all of the employment decisions that you make, as long as they're well-intended, and you're doing things in a manner that you can defend them, you don't have to worry about if somebody's going to sue you because you can't stop somebody from suing you. And that's one of those biggest misconceptions I try to get people over. It's don't be terrified that someone's going to sue you. Just be confident that you can defend it. Great point. So just follow the, the guidelines appropriately so that you can properly defend it, because you'll never stop anyone from suing you.
1: For sure. Especially in California. <laughs> Especially in California. <laughs> the so, People's, the yeah. People's
3: Republic of California, okay. if you like Yeah.
1: And that digest that Leanne is talking about, obviously I've used it because Leanne has made me use it and stuff like that, but it's something that's great. It's very easy to understand. They've done a phenomenal job at putting it together and getting things to... Break them down in a way that's very easy to understand, and even with a lot of the HR questions, I could just go straight to Leanne, and I have that direct source there to be able to ask the questions. And but a lot of times, she would go go back to the digest, read through it, get familiar, do it. So it's something that definitely I recommend for people to take
2: a look at and to try to get.
3: And they also update it once a year because things change so quick so quickly, so for it's sure. always relevant. Yep.
2: So on to the second part of the question, we know there are rules about workers' comp. Can you talk a little bit about those?
3: Yeah. And again, workers' comp is very specific to each state. Like Texas is completely different than California. And so you really want to make sure that you understand what your local state guidelines are. And then from a workers' comp standpoint, a lot of that, the things that follow along with workers' comp is making sure that First, my recommendation is select a medical company that you're confident in because whether it's Concentra or something like that, and you can send your employees, your injured worker to that one doctor or that one clinic or that one company to have them checked when there's been an injury. Staying close to that clinic, making sure that they understand the kind of work that you do, things like that. Really following along with The doctor's recommendation. So, if the doctor says that somebody's injured, but they can do partial work or they can do modified work, really looking at what are the primary functions of the job and can you accommodate that injury during that period of time. The goal with anything workers' comp is making sure that your operation is very safe. You've got safety in place, you've got safety training in place, you've got guidelines. And then making sure that you're following the legal ramifications or the legal guidelines within your state to make sure that you are doing what needs to happen. And the ultimate goal is to get your employee back to health, right? So the more you can keep them working, even if they're under some type of modifications and you're you know following those modifications, that's important. And then they're getting a full paycheck. If you can't keep them working, then obviously they're getting paid through workers' comp, but the goal is to get them back as soon as you can and back in the same shape that they were. So again, it's all about keeping them as safe as possible. The guidelines for your local workers comp for your state can be found online as well because everything is so readily accessible that you can look up something specific to your state.
2: Yeah.
3: And I'm sorry, John. Oh, no. The workers comp can be so complicated, but again, this is one of those things that people get really afraid of and so they sort of avoid it instead of learning it and embracing more, it. Embrace it. The yeah. more you know about it, the less scary it is. But because there's so many things that go into workers comp, it's hard to answer that one question that quickly because in California, let's I keep going back to California because that's where the bulk of my time has been spent HR. But in California, there are other things with workers' comp that are just more complicated than they are in other states. So if you know you have a safety hazard there and you haven't corrected it, there's another guideline under the law that you can be held accountable for. So there's certain things that are under that workers' comp thing that you really have to be aware of. There's retaliation things under workers' comp that you have to be aware of. So the broad span of workers' comp is just so wide. It's a... Big fat, difficult question to answer in one thing. I think you could break it down into multiple categories and we can do a full week on workers' comp. <laughs> yeah,
2: I agree. Well, for sure, I agree 100%. But I think that the point that we're trying to land here is this is something that you don't want to just stick your head in the sand and pretend like it's yes. not there because you don't understand it or it's complicated and nobody's really said anything or the person that you're bringing on doesn't it's a year you know, old kid or 19 year old kid or whatever, and they're not really familiar with things. You're not familiar because it's your first employee that you're hiring. It's very important that you do familiarize with it and you do get insurance for it. It's not as expensive as you think. I know the costs, they do add up as a small business owner, especially when you do things right and you're paying people on payroll and, you're, and you have your workers' comp insurance, general liability insurance, things like that. No, insurance is insurance. It's in case shit happens, right? And this is our livelihood. We work hard for what we're doing here and god forbid something happens to one of your employees or something happens out on the job and you're not protected because you chose not to educate yourself on this topic go out and get it as far as workers comp it's really not as expensive as you think and especially when it comes down to you know how much it can cost you if an accident does happen because there are accidents And then sometimes they're not even accidents. Sometimes you just might hire the wrong person (laughs) and you got a knucklehead, right? And that's what they do or they're figuring out and they're trying to do something to you. And don't get in trouble. Just do it right and educate yourself. Get what you need to do. And when it comes down to insurance, make sure that you are insured. Because I believe in California, as long as you have one employee, you need to have workers' comp insurance.
3: Well, and it's a good point because when you understand it and know it, Oftentimes you can set up processes, right? So when you do hire that wrong employee that wants to work the system or file a false claim, which by the way is against the law. Mm -hmm. And so really knowing how to educate employees that there's laws around workers' comp and some of those are meant to protect you as the employer because workers' comp is meant to protect them as well. But as soon as you have a process in place, for example, when there is an accident There should be an accident investigation. There's forms that should be filled out so that everybody knows exactly when this accident happened, how it happened, and that a lot of those processes or steps help you steer away from some of those false claims or put an end to them quickly.
1: For sure. Hey guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue our conversation.
3: Blu-ray all day
4: Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today pivot how you clean pools Debris that makes it to the bottom always enters from the surface. Clean from the top with Ariel, a smart solar powered pool skimming robot. She works around the clock skimming pesky and fine debris off the pool surface. Tell your customers about Ariel and earn big commission on every sale. With advanced solutions like Ariel, you'll spend less time with the pools you service, improve customer relations, and increase your bottom line. Plus, pool owners will enjoy a constantly swim-ready and healthy pool and lower energy bills. dot pivotpoolproducts.com slash dealers to see how much you can earn and for resources on how to get your customers to ditch the net for good.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. We continue our conversation today with Leanne doing a special podcast, getting into some HR questions that were sent in. So Leanne, I'm going to jump into the next question here, and that was, what are the required steps into hiring someone?
3: So there are some requirements and then there's some recommendations, right? So your requirements, first of all, need to be have an application process. So all of your applicants that come in should have the same exact process. They should fill out the same application form. You should have a an interview process that's similar to what we've talked about before, asking performance-based questions, taking notes. A lot of that is to help you as an employer defend any actions that come against you. If somebody says, you didn't pick me because of this or you didn't pick me because of that and you didn't ask me the same questions that you asked somebody else. So they had an unfair advantage. So if you have a, sim- a very consistent process, it's a lot easier. Again, we go back to being able to defend in case you get any type of lawsuit, once you go through the application process, you go through the interview process, then you as an employer have to determine, are you going to do any type of verifying employment? Which yes, I recommend that you verify employment. It's not required, but it's recommended, right? If they put something on their application, you want to be able to verify that. So can I interrupt
1: for a second? So how would you verify? What would be the specific way that they would do that?
3: There's a couple of ways that you can do it. Some companies use a third-party verification company, right? So you can call that company, you can check the employment, and they can verify nine times out of 10. The only thing that you're going to get and the only thing I recommend that you give when you're verifying for your own employees is the dates that they held those positions and the position that they held. And that's it, it, right? You don't want to say, oh my gosh, John was fabulous, or he was late every time and I think he had issues and this is what, you don't want to do that. You just want to say the position held and the dates that they were held. And that's nine times out of 10, the only thing you're going to get. So even if you had to call every employer on the application yourself to say, hey, I just want to verify that Edgar worked here from this time to this time, do that and they'll at least verify the employment. So you want to make sure that what they're given on their application or resume was is accurate. You want to watch out for gaps of employment, things like that. Once you've verified employment, then you have to decide are you going to be the employer that does drug testing or background checks? And by background checks, we mean criminal background checks, not verifying employment. So most companies that I've worked for uh, do drug testing depending on type of work and they also do background checks. Once that's been done, then you go into the job. You've actually offered the job prior to that. And then if all that checks out, you schedule a start date. There should be some onboarding where you go through some of the legal things, right? You go through some of the key policies and procedures. You want to go through some safety training. You want to go through some of those things that have to be covered during the onboarding or new hire. Most companies big or small, should create some type of new hire checklist. right? So you have the application process checklist that you're going to go through, and then once you decided to make an offer, then they go through the background and everything else. Once that happens, then you have an onboarding checklist. If you create a process, and it can be modified as things change with your company, but if you create a process and you stick with that process, that's really what you should be doing because you're drawing that consistency between your applicants. Does that answer the question? Did I miss anything?
2: No, it was great. And look, and again, there was so much information, but yet it's just... Tip of the iceberg when it comes down to it. (laughs) To to HR, right. And it's just, and Leanne was touching on some points and saying certain things you can ask, certain things you can do. And I kind of want to just dig a little bit deeper. And as far as like checklists, I think that's very important and consistency because you need to be consistent with every single employee because- You can't choose to do one thing with one employee and not do it the other. And that can get you, that could lead you down the road where you can get in trouble. When you ask questions, it's very important that you ask them correctly. There's ways to get to an answer or a lot. An employee or a potential employee or an interviewee, they can say a lot of things, right? And they're open to say whatever they want, reveal whatever they want. So you can ask probing questions or fishing questions so that you can get the information that you want, but you can't necessarily ask it outright, right? Like for instance, here's a question. One of the things that, that we were taught is, hey, like you would think for simple, like, hey, do you have a car? Well, believe it or not, you can't really ask somebody that in California, right? You can ask them, do you have reliable transportation? Because- I can't be prejudiced on whether or not you have a vehicle that drives you to work because what if you take the bus or what if you like to walk or you have a bike and that can't really determine the difference on whether I hire you or not. You can say, hey, do you have a kid? You can't do that. You don't ask for their age. Age is a huge portion of it. You know, you don't say how. Hey, how old are you? You can say, "Are you at least eighteen yes, years old?" Correct. Or are you at least twenty-one if it's a requirement? If it's a requirement, right? correct. So, in a lot of times, see, we don't really think or ask We don't really think that what we're doing is wrong, but in reality, it might not happen on your first person that you're hiring or your first employee that you're interviewing or potential employee, but down the road. These are things that are very important that you need to have an understanding of. I think background checks and drug testing, I mean, everywhere that we worked before, that's what we did. Yeah. I know when we did job offers, it was simple. We set the job offer and I said, hey, your job offer, here's your job offer for this position at this pay, and it's contingent upon you passing a background check, successfully passing a background check and a drug screening. And if those came back with something that obviously if it came back that you didn't pass, Then we'd be able to rescind that job offer. But these are all the things that you have to really take into consideration. And sometimes you think, oh my God, that's only for bigger companies. But in reality, it's not. It's not for bigger companies. And the company yourself and as a small business owner, you're responsible just like the corporation is responsible. And you can't say, ah, it's not going to happen to me. Another one of the questions that came up is do, you know, as far as like asking for a social security card, right? Do they have to ask for a social security card? And is it okay to ask for a social security card?
3: Well, and it's not okay to say, can you give me your social security card? So when you're hiring someone, you have to be able to verify their eligibility for employment in this country. So there's requirements under the I-9 And if you look up the I-9 requirements online, it's going to tell you exactly what you have to do. It'll have the I-9 form online. And when you are bringing somebody on board, you can say on the first day of employment or when we're going to onboard you, you need to bring either one document from list A from the I-9 or a document from list B and C. You can't say list B has driver's license, list C has social security. We want your driver's license, social security. You can't tell them which documents to bring. You just have to say, I need one document either from list A or a document from list B and list C, and let them decide. The reason that you can't tell them which documents to bring is because then you're assuming that they have, let's say, citizenship. And citizenship is irrelevant. They just have to be legal to work in the United States. Right. So if you're saying driver's license social security card, that means you're assuming that they're a citizen or you're requiring that they're a citizen and you can't do that. So if they have a resident alien card or they've got a passport or whatever, they have to pick which documents to give you, but you can tell them one from list A or one from list B and C and that's it. So the question of, can I ask them to bring in a social security card? No, you can't. And that's interesting, John,
1: right? Because you start thinking about hiring and getting somebody in and you need to get their social security number, right? In order to do the paperwork and stuff like that. So it almost seems a little counterintuitive, but this just tells you how important it is that you need to know what the steps are and what the questions are that you need to be asking. So it's really important for everybody listening And Leanne says this a lot, and that is that you have to exercise that muscle, right? So you're gonna be afraid of maybe dealing with some of these things, but the more you research, the more you read, the more you practice it, the better that muscle is gonna get. And then it's gonna become just like anything else that we do, right? Water chemistry repairs, whatever it is, it just becomes part of that machine that you have going on, but you can't bury your head. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to do because they just don't know. So they just bury their head.
3: Yeah, and when you talk about flexing the muscle or working the muscle and getting really exercising it and getting it stronger, when you go back to the I-9 portion of hiring people, one area that's really uncomfortable is when somebody gives you documents that are clearly false, which happens a lot, right? So I have always taught my employees how to really tell when a document is real and when it's not. And for example, when you feel the sides of a social security card, the columns on the social security card have texture. And if they don't have the texture, it's probably not real. You have to look at the numbers on there and and all the numbers and the name are completely centered. If they're ever not centered or one letter or number is higher than the other, it's probably not real. I always taught my employees when you're writing down, let's say it's a social security card, when you're writing down the number on the I nine, say it out loud. Because if you're just writing a number in your head, you're not thinking about the numbers, you're just writing it. But if you say it out loud, you're going to hear when it sounds funny like 98765432 and my employee used to laugh at me going that's so funny nobody's going to do that and we would get social security cards that would say 987654321 and there was truly one time where she came in 2 weeks after i taught her that trick she's like oh my god holding it up going it has 98765432 i'm like i, I told you <laughs> So you look for different things, different states, their driver's license and things like that have holograms or not holograms, or they have certain things that you can watch for. And when you get really comfortable with it, you can tell them, I'm sorry, I can't accept this. And here's why. Because when you're signing off on a 99, you're signing off that with good reasonableness, this looks good to you. They're not expecting you. The state is not expecting you to be... A document expert, but if the social security number is weird, like 123456789, then the state will hold you accountable because you didn't catch that. Or if the name is different on one document than it is on another, they're going to hold you accountable to that. So, with some level of reasonableness, you have to be looking at these documents and you can't accept them if you believe that they've been falsified. So that's one of those areas that people feel very uncomfortable to go back to an applicant and say, I can't accept this document. Right. And they'll argue with great passion. And you're like, I'm sorry, you'll have to bring, can't tell them what else to bring back. Again, you can't tell them what documents to bring. You'll have to bring back something else. Nine times out of 10, they won't if the documents aren't real.
1: John, let's do a trade. I'll give you my social security. You give me mine, and we'll inspect our social security cards. We can do a lesson here tonight,
3: orders. guys. I can show you what to watch out for. Break them out. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm hoping you're not traveling with those documents, John. That'd be terrible.
1: So let me ask you this when you started dating me, did you go through my and check my social security card?
3: Oh, no, I called INS directly. You
1: called INS directly. <laughs> okay. Kind of check out my status. Did you check my background? I did the background. Did, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you, did you call? Because I remember DNA when we started. Hereditary or whatever, she did one of those tests too. Yeah, yeah I
3: did one yeah. of those. I called old girlfriends. That's I made right. sure that you checked out fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so did I check out okay?
3: Well, you're here, aren't yeah. you? I passed
1: I, I pass the interview <laughs> you, and I passed the documentation <laughs> process, John. <laughs> you did?
2: Oh, God. I love talking about this kind of stuff and just to hear it in... in Especially being in the Poland tree, we really don't get to talk about it very often. But like I said, in my previous life, this was front and center constantly. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show, I mean, look, guys, gals, everybody out there listening, this is stuff that you need to be aware of, right? And I can't stress it enough, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you have to educate yourself on this. And just like anything that's brand new, it seems very foreign at first. Just imagine the first time you learned about pH or chemistry, or you looked at a pad and you saw all those pipes and the valves and pumps and that egg thing, and you didn't know what the hell it was. But now think about it and see how easy it is for you to to call this out and do that or do this or do that, just like anything else. You don't have to, it's not rocket science. And if you put a little bit of effort into it and do a little bit of studying, that, that little bit of effort is going to prepare you to, uh, and put you in a much better position than most people are. And it's going to protect you and your family. So we can't stress enough, please do your, do your due diligence and get educated on this type of information because it's very, very
1: important. Definitely great stuff. Leah, next question. How can I check their driving records and does that affect my insurance?
3: It does if they're going to be driving for you. So, again, because we're talking about pool business, you're going to be having employees driving from one pool to another. If you were in a business that they would not have to be driving for you, you would have no reason to check their driving record. You can get DMV reports regularly for your folks that drive for you, and it's important to look at their driving record, and it's important that they know that you're going to look at their driving record because it can infect your insurance as an employer. So if, for example, you're doing a background check, let's go back to background checks for a minute. Why is she
1: saying that and just staring at me, (laughs) son? She said background check, and she's giving me like this perfect stare.
3: I'm making appropriate eye contact with both of you. (laughs) Appropriate eye contact, I like that. So if you go back to background checks for a minute, normally some jobs, if they're not driving for you, you wouldn't need to do it. You wouldn't care what their driving record is. So if they had a, let's say, a DUI on their driving record, but they were a cashier, then you wouldn't care about the DUI because it's not relevant to the work. But when they're driving and they're possibly driving one of your vehicles, but they're driving to and from your business and your customers, their driving record is important and it also affects your insurance. So if you did a background check on someone and they had a DUI, you would probably choose not to hire them because they are a liability at that point for the type of work that you're doing. It also will impact your insurance. So you can pull the driving records through DMV. Typically, what we used to do is we would have an annual report come out on the driving records of the employees, just so in case from the time we hired them to that next year if something new popped up on their record, we'd know about it. We also had it in our policy that if there was anything that happened, whether in their legal background from the time they got hired that they're required to tell us. So let's say all of a sudden they had a burglary charge six months after we hired them, they're required to tell us. If we find out on our own and they didn't tell us, then depending on what the charge was, ground for termination, same thing would happen with a DUI or something that affected their driving.
2: Yeah, and then look, I want to also point out too because uh, Leanne, especially coming from a bigger corporation, in applications or signing to agree and agreeing to employee handbook, those that TOS and terms and conditions are there where they sign for a. Hey, I'm giving you permission to check my back, or my background. I'm giving you permission to pull my driving record. Mm-hmm. I know in California. You probably don't have that form or an application and we're trying or we're telling you something that you need to do, but before you pull anybody's driving record, you and you go to the DMV, there's a form you fill out. They have to give you express yes. permission and they have to sign off on it. So you can't just say and go over to DMV and go, hey, I need you to give me the driving record of this, of Billy or Suey or Susie. You need to explain them. That's one of the conditions before you can bring them on is that they, they give you authorization so that you can check their driving record. And if it's to your satisfaction, then you'll, you'll hire them. So that's one of the things that you're going to need to have, and you're going to need to get their permission and have them sign off and be very clear about it. You can't say, okay, great, you got your job, and then all of a sudden you're here, and then a week later you go, hey, I need to pull your driver's your driving record, and they go, well, you never told me that, you know what I mean? And then go from there or try to get it outside of behind their back or something like that. So just make sure you get their permission up front, and they understand that that's one of the prerequisites or one of the requirements before bringing them on board.
3: Yeah, and that's the same for just about everything that you're doing. So whether it's a background, a driving record, and drug testing. You can't unauthorize, without authorization, test somebody for drugs, right? So everything in that realm requires their authorization to do it.
2: So what about insurance as far as like vehicle and employee insurance? Do, does, do you advise or does a small business owner or a pool service provider need to carry those for their employees?
3: So the vehicle insurance, it's going to be two, two different things. So if they're driving their own vehicle, they have to have their own vehicle insurance. If they're going to be using one of yours, you're going to have to have them on your insurance. Employee insurance is completely different voluntary for the business owner. It's not a requirement that you carry employment insurance. For example, health insurance, dental insurance. It's a requirement for workers' comp. It's a requirement for some states like California. You have to pay into the disability for the insurance. So there's different types of insurances, but if you're talking about voluntary insurance like health insurance, those are always voluntary. Those are considered a benefit for the by the employer. So most benefits are completely voluntary. Things are that are not voluntary, that are not benefits, are considered like workers' comp. And just real quick on workers' comp, because that is one of my favorite areas. Workers' comp is designed to protect the employer if they get injured at work. But honestly, it really is more there to protect the employer too. And I don't think people realize that because under workers' comp, if an employer, let's say, cuts their finger, there's a certain dollar value assessed to that. And it doesn't go beyond that. So they can say, oh, but I've got stress and angst and this and that. The finger is worth this much money, right? Now if you didn't have the insurance or that you just had it under general liability, then the roof gets a lot higher. And so workers' comp keeps those costs as scary and crazy as work comp sounds. It really does protect the employer too because it has controls over how much you really have to pay for injuries and time off work and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of parameters that protect the employer or the business owner, but it also protects the employee. They get that injury taken care of at your expense, but that's okay because it was while they were under your employment. So that's that thing with workers' comp that I think, again, a lot of people don't really understand.
2: Yeah, and look, don't think that that you can get away with it either because... If an employee, God forbid, an employee gets hurt and you don't have workers' comp and they go to their emergency room or they go to their urgent care, that's the first thing they ask them at intake. Yeah. There is I mean Or <laughs> <they>, this happened. <laughs> I want to know how to how we're gonna get paid for this and if it happened at oh, work yeah. and what it is, and exactly. then it, then all hell breaks loose.
3: Yeah. So those types of coverages aren't voluntary. But anything that's considered an actual benefit is voluntary. Health insurance, dental insurance, life insurance, vacation, sick time, except California, sick time in California, but those are considered benefits. Even if you have Christmas off, that's a benefit. The benefits are at the discretion of the employer. And I think a lot of people think those are required. Like you have to give me the holidays off. No, actually I don't. A good employer will, let's be honest, right? You want to make sure that you're giving the right benefits to attract and retain people. But it's you. I always wanna make it clear to people that the benefits are truly voluntary and a good employer has good benefits and that's just how it is. Whether it's holidays, sick time, vacation time, how much vacation time, work-life balance days, you name it, it those are all voluntary. Absolutely.
1: All right guys, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll get your final thoughts.
0: Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile, and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at Blu-rayXL.com.
3: Blu-ray all day.
4: Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Pivot how you clean pools. Debris that makes it to the bottom always enters from the surface. Clean from the top with Ariel, a smart solar-powered pool skimming robot. She works around the clock skimming pesky and fine debris off the pool surface. Tell your customers about Ariel and earn big commission on every sale. With advanced solutions like Ariel, you'll spend less time with the pools you service, improve customer relations, and increase your bottom line. Plus, pool owners will enjoy a constantly swim-ready and healthy pool and lower energy bills. Visit pivotpoolproducts.com dealers to see how much you can And for resources on how to get your customers to ditch the net for good.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. We continue our conversation with Leanne. We continue our conversation with John in this special podcast asking some directed questions with regards to HR.
2: John, since Zach is not here, we normally go to Zach first.
1: Let's go with your final thoughts.
2: I know, right? I'm a little thrown off here. Usually, we have to stay on a strict schedule, right? Yeah. You go to me first before Zach kind of irritates me. But <laughs> I'm okay with it today, and I'm actually i'm I'm truly enjoying this podcast and this topic. I think we need to do a lot more of it. And, I agree. And I'm encouraging our listeners out there. When you hear this podcast, please go online. Go to poolnation.com, get up top, click on the button, ask your HR questions because these are, like I said, these are very important things that I believe are overlooked in industry simply because people are, like we said, are scared of it. And when we go to trainings and manufacturers aren't going to sit there and teach us, they're going to talk to us about their pump and their latest salt cell and, and this or that, or, and so buy my product and this is why you want to install this heater. they are not going to talk to you about these things. And these are very important to be able to have a, someone like Leanne and I want to thank you for doing this, this is so valuable to the guys and girls out there that are listening. If you have more questions, she is a guru when it comes down to this, so please heed her advice. I appreciate this, thanks Edgar. Thank you for having me. Love having and, you, brother Oh yeah, for sure. this is I dig this whole evening thing and <laughs> up here on the tenth floor. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> On the 10th floor. And in the, the DeJesus household. In the, yeah, with the podcast, a little set here. It's pretty badass. So that's it. That's my final thoughts. Absolutely. We normally do I'm glad Zach wasn't here, actually.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> if Zach
2: was here, dude, he is- Oh, dude, he's like a kid in a candy store oh, when yeah. it comes down to this kind of stuff. Leanne, yeah. Leanne, Leanne, <laughs> Leanne. Because he is so in tune with his company and his employees. He has multiple employees, multiple trucks, and there's a lot of things going on, right? And he wants to make sure- that he's doing everything properly, right? And he does. So he'd be, like I said, a kid in a candy store. He'd be like, okay, how about this? Or how about this? How about this? How about this? We'd be here until three o'clock in the morning.
3: You're not going to believe it, but I offered Zach while he was here. I said, Zach, let's block some time because he's been needing some yeah. some one-on-one time. And we were so busy all weekend running around doing everything that we had to do. He's, can we do this? we're going to have to do this after the pool show, after the awards. (laughs) He goes, we got so much going on. I need to wait till after the awards. And I was shocked by that because he always needs some time. So we're going to block some separate Zach time after the awards.
1: (laughs) And it's funny because he got here and he asked, hey, before he came out, he was like, hey, I need to ask Leanne some questions. And I said, Leanne asked me and said, hey, if he needs to, you could block off some time. And then it's one of those where we just get together and just time just flies it by goes. and we have a great time and then we're trying to you know crash, crush content out there and put it out and it just flies by every time. So normally we don't do this. Normally we don't have our guests do some final thoughts, but I think I'm going to change it up a little bit tonight. And Leanne, you know what? I'm going to throw you some final thoughts your way. Give us some final thoughts.
3: I'll give you some final thoughts. So it has been fantastic having John and Janie in town. So absolutely love that and can't wait till they're here permanently. But John's always so complimentary of the HR stuff. So HR people love it when people love HR <laughs> because it is it can be one of those scary areas. And most people figure out real quick, once you truly embrace it like we talked about and learn a little bit more and a little bit more, The more you, the less scary it is, the easier it is. And personally, as an HR nerd, I absolutely love the topic. It's obviously my favorite. I I always say, do what you love and love what you do. And that is really a favorite subject. And every time I think I know what I need to know, something new changes or something new comes out. The pandemic was a whole new twist for us. It gave us a whole different perspective on things. So going back to what John said, anytime there's questions, I really encourage everybody to post those questions and we can get them. They can be vague or... If you have something specific that you're dealing with, just let Edgar know or pull nation and they'll get back on it. And I'm sure I'll be able to hopefully answer them. If not, I can research the heck out of it and find it, (laughs) right? Because sometimes there's some doozies out there, but you're, you are better off arming yourself with the knowledge than digging your head in the sand because that'll only come back to bite you. So we're here to help.
1: I agree, and so everybody out there—that's exactly what that button is there for. And I have a lot of people that message me and say, "Hey, ask the questions, please. Don't say who I am." And if you—if that's what you want, just submit the question, and what we'll do is we'll go—we'll get out there and try to find the answer to whatever, whether it's business, whether it's it's yeah. HR, whatever it is, water chemistry. Submit those questions, and we will get to those for you. So, anyways. Normally I say Zach and John, thank you for your time. But tonight it's going to be Zach. John. See, I almost screwed it up. I'm almost, <laughs> it's past his bedtime. I, 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 it's, it's past you know, his bedtime. Yeah, That's all I, I can say. I, I should have been in bed by at least like 12 minutes ago, John. Right. So, <laughs> Anyways, John, Leanne, thank you for your time. Everybody listening, by the time that this podcast is out, it will be the week of the Pool Nation Awards. Come and join us at the International Pool and Spa Show. Come over by the booth, 4344. And if you're coming to the Pool Nation Awards, we are super excited. Bust out those tuxes. Bust out those cocktail dresses. It's going to be a great evening with a lot of people out there. So everybody have a great night. We will catch you guys on the flip side. Have a great one, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation Podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.